0: Okay, so if we've not met before, um, my name is Matt and I am one of the elders at Real Life Church. Um, My wife and I are part of the leadership team at Real Life Church, which is just an amazing privilege to be a part of. Um, Tomorrow I return to my day job school where I work as part of the leadership team as well as being a maths teacher. Um, In case you don't know, I met Jesus properly and um, dedicated my life to him. Um, when I was 19 at university. This was um, when I discovered that he wanted to have a relationship with me rather than being someone I just turned to every time I needed something. Um, And since then I've walked this exciting journey with him and can honestly say that I could tell you countless stories of how he has helped me to be a better person and how he's looked after me and guided me on this journey. It's not always easy and sometimes we are asked to do something that is hard or is perhaps a sacrifice but i try my best to trust in god and to follow him Uh, An example, about five years ago, I started a job that I felt was absolutely right for me and that God had led me into that situation. It it actually turned out to be a really challenging school to work in, but I know that God used me in many situations um, to help. But when it got to a point where the challenge of the situation was kind of affecting my own mental well-being and at the time I was being treated extremely unfairly, um, I, I, didn't just want to turn my back on that job that I felt God had taken me to. So I went to God and I, I basically asked him, um, if it was time to leave, if it was okay to leave, you know, what was his plan for me? Where did he want me to be? Um, I actually then found myself in a position of um, applying for a new job in a school, looking for new jobs, but coming from a school that was in special measures, which is a really difficult place to apply from because you're you're at the bottom of the rung in terms of where the government judges the school to be. And I'm saying, hey, I'm a leader. Would you like to employ me um, from this school? Um, and it's it's often impossible to move to a better school when you're in that situation, which is why you know often we we stay in those schools and we work and we work until we can improve them. But I, I felt I needed for my own well-being to leave that place. But very quickly, um, I had four job offers from schools, which was really, really was God's blessing. Um, and I ended up returning to a previous school where since I've been treated so, so well, more than I possibly deserve. But I've been treated really well and I've been given so many opportunities to to rebuild my own confidence in teaching my career and get back to kind of where I was. Um, I think that God took me to that school for a purpose, I believed I shaped lives while I was there um, and we built strong foundations for the school, I saw a school improvement officer become a Christian, hopefully pos- positively impacted many young people with my faith. Um, but I also know for me personally I grew stronger as a leader, I learned many lessons about standing up for truth and for justice in difficult situations. Um, But i'm just so grateful that throughout this particular part of my life i knew that god was with me strengthening guiding and when the time was right giving me a platform to step into a new role a new job for some respite and then for a new challenge um, and part of my adventure so um, why am i telling you this story well hopefully it will become clear this evening but i just want to say at the outset if you've got to week seven of this current series and you haven't yet decided to follow Jesus I just really want to encourage you at the start of tonight not just the end to think about whether now is the time to make the decision Um, we're unashamedly all about Jesus at Real Life Church um, but I just encourage you to make that decision before time runs out which it will for all of us at some point but we all walk different adventures and challenges in this world but walking with Jesus the creator of all life brings a very different perspective. And I pray he will show you the world through his eyes as it is truly beautiful. Um, so last week, if you haven't listened, please go back and listen to Jeremy's talk. It is finished. It was absolutely stunning. It was a absolutely passionate account of Jesus on the cross. And um, he reminded us that all that was needed um, had been done by Jesus to restore us to our father in heaven. His mission on earth was complete. Um, There was nothing we can do or need to do to make it any more finished. Nothing we can do or need to do to make him love us any more than he already does. That transaction has taken place. The new covenant has begun, the new relationship. And if we believe in him, we will be with him for all eternity. Um, So as we come tonight to kind of look at the final um, part of these seven words um, that Jesus spoke on the cross, I encourage you to listen to each of these talks in the context of the series um, as each one focuses kind of on a slightly different aspect so um, it kind of gives you a broader picture so do go back and listen again Um, there probably will be some repetition tonight but you know what this is the cross this is Jesus this is so important and foundational to who we are um, and what he has done for all of us so we're going to go for it anyway and I, I just pray and hope tonight right now Holy Spirit you would come and you would help us to receive and really hear some truth that impacts and changes our lives lord we know that is what you love to do you love to be in our lives you love to shape us and help us and change us and challenge us so i pray tonight lord that you will guide me as i speak and you will help us to hear something new and fresh in your amazing word So the sixth word was very manward, it was kind of a farewell to the earth and a declaration of the completion of the work of Jesus, whereas the seventh word is absolutely Godward, it's announcing Jesus's entrance into heaven. So we're going to look at Luke 23 verse 46, a few different translations that all kind of sum up the same thing. I tend to read the version that says, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. In other versions, I, uh, you know, we're probably a bit more used to. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Or Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. These were the final words of Jesus upon the cross before he breathed his last. So he entrusted his spirit into the hands of his father and then he breathed his last. This is the point, the fulfillment of God's amazing plan. We're gonna see tonight that God is in control and is fulfilling all that he has prophesied. Jesus dying outside the city gates, executed alongside criminals, afflicted by thirst, soldiers drawing lots for his clothing. This was three o'clock in the afternoon when the Passover lambs were being sacrificed in the temple. And now Jesus is here on the cross, quoting from Psalm 31, as he entrusts his spirit to his father. So let's read, I'm going to read from verses uh, 44 to 46, and this is Luke 23. It says, the death of Jesus. By this time it was about noon. Darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone. And suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. And Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. Mm. And there's there's so much in such a short passage. So uh, let's, let's have a look through some key points as we get to these words that Jesus shouted. So firstly, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. This wasn't just a tool of kind of literary imagery. The light from the sun was gone. The sun stopped shining. Okay, given these events took place at Passover. This was when the moon was full. Um, This was midday when the sun was at its highest. This isn't a natural event. There's no chance of an eclipse. This is the work of an all-powerful God. And the darkness demonstrates the significance of the event. It demonstrates God's pain and displeasure over what was happening. His son degraded, beaten, ridiculed, carrying the weight of all our sin and shame upon his whole shoulders as he died the most terrible death. God shows his pain and grief, which are both such natural and important emotions. As his son takes his place on the cross, there's this universal display of grief that shows us as well. It's okay to express pain at the point of death. Mourning and grief help us to process the very real emotions when we lose someone or see um, someone we love suffer. Also demonstrates, illustrates God's judgment of sin. Darkness is seen to represent his judgment of all sin for all time upon his son, Jesus. The darkness represents death, destruction. It's the moment where he looks at his son and sees the fullness of our sin. Everything we have done um, has been against God in a moment. And as he judges Jesus, the lights are turned off and the pain of our father is evident, of the father is evident. And finally, the darkness shows his ultimate power to change the laws of nature to his will. I liked the way John Piper described this event as God clothing his world in the color of grief. Only God could accomplish this. God reigns in this situation. Only God has the authority to judge all sin for all time in this way, as the sin is against him. This is an awesome display of God's power. But then the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. This signifies the opening of salvation and this new covenant relationship through the death of Jesus. As he took the weight of sin on his shoulders, as he was judged by God, as he was separated from God, as he took on that sin um, and died, which was the only possible outcome of such judgment. And he was the perfect sacrifice for all time, not just for this moment, but for all time. And as he does this, the sun shines again and the huge curtain rips from top to bottom. This is the curtain that separated man um, from the presence of God in the temple, torn down the middle and opened up a way for us to enter into this new and eternal relationship. It says in Hebrews, Hebrews, 9. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. This was it, the big moment, the moment at which history had been building up to for thousands of years, the moment at which the perfect sacrifice was being made for all time. God was judging all of our sin on one man. Jesus had willingly but painfully taken this on in order to allow God's um, right and just judgment to fall upon himself instead of on us. And as the darkness lifts and God's judgment is passed, Jesus's mission on earth is finished. And so the curtain tears apart, revealing our new access and relationship to God as Jesus gives up his life and breathes his last. He... He had to do this to accomplish the mission for which he'd been sent. But notice he put himself in this position because he loves us. And that's really stood out to me as I've been thinking and preparing for tonight. He suffered in such a terrible way because he loves us and wants us to be with him for eternity. Remember the core issue of sin, not the symptoms surrounding it, which Jeremy spoke about last week, is our eternal separation from God. But Jesus wanted to restore this so much that he gave his life. And this was not out of his control. He could at any moment have actually said, Whoa, this is too much. This hurts too much. This is too painful. Actually, I'm going to walk away. But um, he didn't. You know, he, he could have changed it, but he stayed there. He was fully in control of this moment and he chose to stay there because he knew the importance of what he was accomplishing on that cross. I mean, he knew it was part of his part of his father's perfect plan. Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. He, he gave up his life. He decided though when it was time to die. He completely trusted God with his life, its significance and all that was to come. So just imagine for a moment, someone, um, in the rapids in a really big and ferocious river Uh, this is not what's happening here so imagine someone kind of thrown into the river they are rolling down the rapids without a boat they're being thrown from rock to rock smashed around dragged under the water knowing that death is imminent and it's going to take them at any moment they're out of control they eventually run out of energy to fight the inevitable and they give in to death This is absolutely not what was happening here, because Jesus knew exactly what he was going to face. In the garden, he prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't out of his control. It was not only the most excruciatingly physically painful experience, but also the separation from God that he absolutely did not deserve himself. But he valued it so much. He wanted to restore this relationship. The situation did not, though, get the better of him. He knew what he had to do. He knew it was time to die. He'd finished all that he had to do on the cross. Judgment finished, new covenant begun. And in that moment, he says, now, now is the time. I entrust my life to you, Father, and breathes his last. A deliberate act of sacrifice for all of us. Jesus was master, even in his own death. And if you don't quite believe me, a few a few extra notes on the authority of God in this situation, just to back this up. Um, John 19, when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Matthew 27, same account. Then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. Look back at what Jeremy said last week, the same message here in Luke. No one took his life from him. He had the power to lay it down of his own accord. John 19, uh, Pilate says, why don't you talk to me? Don't you realize that I have the power to release or crucify you? He was talking to Jesus. And Jesus replied, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So again, Pilate had no authority over Jesus, which he declares her, unless allowed by God himself. Um, This was all being determined by God and part of his action, his plan. And again, just to if I haven't got this point enough, he chose to follow this path because it was the only way. Okay, and just remember, again, that the situation wasn't getting the better of him. It wasn't rolling out of his control like the man in the river. It's actually worse. He was choosing to put himself in this situation because he knew it was the only way to do this. Um, In John 10 jesus says no one can take my life from me so again no one can take my life from me i sacrifice it voluntarily he volunteered for this but i have the authority to lay it down when i want to and also to take it up again for this is what my father has commanded just take that verse away and read it again that's john 10 verse 18. he sacrificed his life voluntarily because of what his father had commanded, he knew this was what he had to do. Bravery, courage, standing on the edge of pain, suffering, separation, and he still walks forward, motivated by love. <laughs> so, so just how do we respond to this? How? Well, Jesus is a model for his followers, for all of us, but for anyone that does not know him yet, how do we, how do we respond to a God of such amazing love? Um, he chose to follow this plan. So Jesus entirely trusted the plan of his father. He trusted God with his life and breathed his last. So as well as a reminder of the price paid by Jesus on the cross, we can also look at his example um, as he dies and learn from his actions. David followed or I guess preempted this model when he wrote in Psalm 31, when his life was in danger, I entrust my spirit into your hand. Rescue me for you are a faithful God. Um, in 1 Peter chapter 4, Peter reminds us that we should trust our lives to the God who created you for he will never fail you. And this is a consistent theme of the Bible that we must take note of even if we have heard it a thousand times. Jesus gave up his life because he loved us. He gave up his life when his mission was accomplished and hence we were set free into a new relationship with God. He chose to do this because he loves us and understands the significance and pain of an eternal separation from God. And now he calls us to follow him, to believe in him, to live our lives pursuing him and spreading his good news. We should trust God with everything, including our life and our death. Death for believers is not the end. We have a promise of eternal life with him and we need to entrust our lives to him. So we're going to look at three applications. These are things that I felt the Holy Spirit was prompting in me um, as as I studied this verse and prepared for tonight. So number one, that we should trust in the Father's love and plan. Jesus trusted the plan of his father right to the end where he commits his spirit to his father and breathes his last. God never turned his back on us. He shaped history to prepare for this moment when he would rescue us. So we need to trust in him at the core of the matter, our salvation, our rescue, our restoring our relationship with the father. He will help us through the peripherals, the symptoms, the things on the sides, focus on the core issue of what his love is doing for us the highs and lows that we face in this world he will help us through it all i discovered at age 19 the beauty of living in this salvation and walking through life knowing my loving father in heaven and he doesn't promise that life will necessarily be easy and perfect but he does promise to walk through it with us and that one day he will return and we will get to live for all eternity with him in a new heaven and earth and notice here that in this verse, Jesus committed or entrusted his spirit into the hands of the father, not into darkness, not into an unknown, not into a deep, dark void. Um, and that side looks darker. Let's go that side, deep, dark void, um, but into the loving hands of a loving and all powerful father. The hands that carry the world, the universe, the hands that are more powerful than anything we can imagine belonging to a God that loves us far more than we can ever imagine. So our father in heaven wants us to follow the example of Jesus and commit our lives into his loving and powerful hands. So what does that mean for us? Well, he has a plan for us. He has a plan for our future. I don't know about you, I want to know what this all-powerful, all-loving God has got for me. I want to know where he wants me to go next to to get the best out of this life that he has given me with. He wants to help us with our family, our friends, our work, um, the things we need, health, hobbies, creativity. Jesus trusted the Father's love so much that he went to the cross and gave up his life. He reminds us that in this final moment, He was doing this on his timeline under his control and plan because he loves us jesus is everything so we need to walk with him we need to build the relationship and invest in this as jesus went through so much to give us this life-changing opportunity so i encourage you um, this first point to spend time committing your life into those powerful hands of the Father, making the most of access to the Father that Jesus has enabled for us. There are times he will comfort. There are times he will hold us up. There are times he will give us a shove or a prompt, um, but we are safe in his hands, truly safe. And we've said this before, but please, um, church visitors, pray. Read your Bible, read books about God um, that other worshippers have written. Listen to worship music, music that builds up and glorifies our amazing King. Spend time with other believers. This is so important life groups sunday night live prayer meetings picnics walks whatever it is you do to mix with other people grow together in our relationship with god who has shown us how much he loves us this is why we value life groups so much at real life church because it's so important we live life in relationship with other believers and we can spur each other on in this building of a relationship with our loving father so second of third We need to know that we are truly loved beyond all measure by an all-powerful and all-loving God. And we need to live in this love. It's kind of the first point said again in a slightly different way. God loves us. We need to live in that love. We need to remember that God was in control of this situation. Um, Jesus dies for a reason. Jesus knew when the time was right. His mission on earth complete. He breathed his last and entrusted his spirit to the Father. Our Father loves us us why would he have done all this if he didn't we are enough and his love is enough and we need to do no more to make him love us any more than he already does he couldn't have given anything more for us what Jesus did and what he took upon himself there is nothing more he could have done for us and it shows you the extent of his love for us he gave everything He gave his relationship with god in that moment and he gave his life in such a painful and terrible way it's not about what we do now it's not about what we achieve or what we change he loves us unconditionally yeah he wants the best for us and absolutely he's going to rejoice when we choose to turn our back on sin when we make a good decision in pursuit of him um, and to live a better life but also remember he loves us throughout the journey whatever we do whatever we choose, he loves us. He loves us because you are enough. You are enough. God loves you just as you are. Of course he rejoices when things get a bit better, but he loves you always, always. You know, I tried to think of this in the context of my children. You know, I love my children. I whispered that when I was practicing this bit earlier. I don't know if Delta's still around. Um, I love my children, but there are times when I'm just frustrated in in life and things that happen and I'm sort of tearing my hair oh I can't actually tear my hair out can I It doesn't really work um but you know but love does not change my love for them does not change I love them through it all there are there are moments of hilarity there are moments of ah but I love them you know and perhaps I have to remind myself of that at times actually I love you and am I treating you in love right now but God doesn't He doesn't have to remind himself how much he loves us. God knows that he loves us unconditionally and unwaveringly. Through the highs, through the lows, he helps us, shapes us, carries us when we need it um, and celebrates with us in the joys of life. So knowing Jesus, trusting in him, believing in what he did for us on the cross is life-changing. It should be. It should change the way we live, the way we treat others, the way that we show love to other people. Um, Just thought this point: If if you can't say I am enough or perhaps his love is enough, I just want to encourage you at this moment just to talk to someone, to make a decision or maybe get out your phone now and text them. If, If this is something you struggle with, and I know it's something that so many people struggle with, say, actually, I am enough. God loves me. God loves me. That is the ultimate truth. Why on earth would he have gone through all of this? Jesus on earth, on the cross, all of this. Why would he have done that if you weren't enough? He knew exactly who you were going to be, what you were going to do in your life. Yet he died for you on that cross because you are enough. So relationship is so important. So please, if you honestly are struggling with that concept, that truth, please talk to someone Um, I'd encourage you um, in your life groups to challenge each other, um, to ask everyone, you know, how do you see yourself? When you see yourself before this all loving God, how do you see yourself? Ask each other, how do we stand tall? How do you stand tall in his strength when I just don't feel like I have enough? You know, there's going to be moments where we go, whoa, I can't do that. I'm not enough. But actually, God's love, God's love is bigger than that. So share stories, help each other, encourage each other, but be honest. If you just like, what, how could God ever love me? Well, look at what he did. Look at what he did on the cross. Of course, he loves you. Of course, he loves you. And of course, you are enough. You absolutely deserve everything that he did for you because you are his child and he loves you. So, lastly, then, point three um, follow the example of Jesus and trust our Father with our life and with our death. Okay, hear this in the right light. When I die, I want to die like Jesus. I don't mean on the cross. I don't mean excruciating pain and suffering, but rather knowing that I'm loved by an almighty God, my father in heaven, who is so very much for me, loving me so I can fully entrust my life into his hands. Remember that God grieves the pain and the suffering of our lives. And unfortunately, at the moment, there's too much of this around, isn't there? There's too much pain and there's too much suffering and there's too much loss. And, but ultimately, God never wanted us to live separated from him. As Jesus died on the cross, he demonstrated his mourning and grief as he clothed the world in darkness. But also remember that when we, or our family and friends that know him, when we come to die, our spirit will live on. Our spirit will live on. Jesus committed his spirit as he died into the hands of his father. Death on this earth is not the end. Our spirit lives on with God. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, we grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. In Philippians, it says living uh, means living for Christ and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I don't really know which is better. I'm torn between these two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But I guess it's implied from these verses. But I can do so much more while I'm here and spread the love and spread the good news. Um, so we know there is life after death. Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Jesus remained full of faith and relationship with God to the very end of his life on earth. Even in death, God is all-powerful. God is full of love. He opens his hands to our spirit when our time comes. And we need to trust him, trust his love, trust his promises. We need to tell him that we believe in his beloved son, Jesus, and all that he suffered and gave on the cross. And this is where we finish this series. Now in the cross, we find salvation restoration we find love the power of God we find the holiness and perfect justice of God we find his perfect redemptive plan we find a God who gave up so much in his son to restore us to a relationship with him not just for now in this world but for all of eternity this there's just far more at stake in the gospel than just a few years we get to live on this earth so my question to you is can you can I honestly and wholeheartedly pray Father, I entrust my spirit, I commit my spirit into your hands, Father, before we breathe our last. If yes, yes, brilliant. So stay close to him. Live this life knowing you are loved, you are treasured. Sharing that love with other people, Keep building that relationship, going deeper and deeper, and don't float around the surface. Don't float around the surface. Dive in and make the most of that relationship that you have. But my my final plea is just, if you cannot pray that prayer, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. If you can't do that, please don't leave this decision any longer. I'm going to suggest to you that if you're here listening, but actually you've not already said yes to Jesus, that you want to follow him and believe in his eternal work, I want to suggest to you that actually Jesus is already working in your heart, in your life. Why would you be on a Zoom call with this bunch of crazy people anyway? If God wasn't working in your life, you'd be watching something else on TV right now. Okay? So this God we believe and trust in is very real. And knowing him has such a real and beautiful consequence. So three things, as i finished, you could do right now. If you if you honestly can't pray that prayer yet, I would say, number one, you could pray a prayer of, prayer of repentance for yourself. That is to tell God, you know you're a sinner. You know you've turned away from him. You know you've not fully believed in him and this truth, but that you want to now, that you want to learn more, follow him more, pursue him more, and this life-giving truth. Second... You could tell someone that you've prayed this prayer for the very first time or that you want to. And we'd love to help you on this journey, okay? We'd love to help you on this journey. So you can, um, you can contact us by all manner of ways. You can contact the church, you can email, you can text someone that you know. There must be someone on this call that you know. If you wanna get in touch with me, put a little comment in the chat and um, Charlotte will make a note of it, I'm sure. Um, and tell me please do tell me um, to get in touch with you we, we find out your numbers and contacts that's fine but talk to someone so either pray that prayer or that you want to pray that prayer but you're just not sure how to do it on your own let us know right now text someone message me whatever um, and we are there um, we are there to help you and lastly Rob's already said it so well alpha a chance to get to know more so I just encourage you to pray that prayer. make the decision This is who I'm going to follow. And then come on Alpha and find out more. Or if you've made that decision recently, make that decision to come on Alpha and find out more. Again, message us, text us, email us, um, and we'll put you in touch with the people um, organizing the Alpha and make sure you can get connected. It's all on our emails. But please do not keep leaving this decision. At some point, you're going to have to decide. So I just encourage you to do it soon and to live this life in the fullness that God intended. So finally, finally, in verse 47, when the Roman officer, seeing the execution, saw what had happened, he worshipped God and said, surely this man is innocent. So worship is our response to the amazing love of God. So let's keep on worshipping him by walking through this life that he has given us, Trust in him, knowing that we are loved and letting that shape who we are. I'd love to pray for us as we finish tonight. Um, Just wherever you are, just maybe close your eyes, bow your heads, do whatever you need to do just to come before our father, rest in his hands, rest in his embrace. Know that he loves you. He, He wants you. He says you are enough. I did this for you. I really want that truth to sink in. And Holy Spirit, I pray tonight that if there's anyone on this Zoom call that doesn't know that truth, Lord, that right now you'll come and convict them that they are enough, that the word of God is the finger of God, the hand of God is reaching out saying, you are enough. (laughs) I didn't ask any more of you. You are enough. Yeah, thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you went through this devastating but such beautiful plan of redemption. It's an amazing plan, but it cost you so much. So, we want to thank you, Lord, and say thank you for all that you gave and all that you did for us. And we want to commit our lives to you again, Lord. We want to say we trust in you for the future, we trust in you for the difficult things, we trust in you for the joyful things lord but we give you our lives we give you everything lord and and on my final day on this earth lord i will still be saying father into your hands i commit my spirit lord because i trust you and i pray you'll help us all to live our lives day by day trusting in you following you pursuing you sharing the love of jesus that we know And I just pray there won't be a day that I or anyone on this call ever looks upon the cross and goes, yeah, that was just what he did on the cross. It's it's so much more. Even now, as I as I stop talking and sort of ponder, I can't help but start crying. Lord. It's an an amazing thing you did for us, Lord. It is is so beautiful, yet so painful. So we want to thank you for your redemptive plan. We want to thank you that you were in control of the situation. We want to thank you that you have set us free. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you. And I want to worship you. And I'm going to worship you for all of eternity, Lord, because that is your promise. And I can't wait. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust in you. So we finish by saying, Father, into your hands we commit our lives. We trust in you. We love you. And I'm not going to breathe my last like your last yet, Lord, but I'm going to pursue you and follow you until the day that I do. Amen.